1: Oh, South Kakalaka! Don't you dare be sour! Clap for your world famous two time champs and feel the power! It's a new game, yes it is! For 12 Pack Radio, get excited, y'all.
0: Welcome back everyone to Twelve Pack Radio, where I've had a little bit of wine. I've had a little bit of wine. It's Sunday night. What do you what are you gonna do? Right. This is Brian Cogger. Thank you for we're, joining us. We're doing a simulcast again. That's that's the beauty of video, Rob. Like you can't do anything about it. You can't do anything about this it.
1: This this is we're doing it live. Uh, but <laughs> no, we're the <laughs> we're the wine podcast. Is that who we, we're not the podcast of the people. We are yeah. No, so <laughs> the wine, the, the wine and cheese podcast the
0: coastal elite rob moving over to the big 10 we the coastal
1: Elite. oh yeah the, the bi-coastal <laughs> elite <laughs> yeah.
0: thank you for everybody for joining us we're doing simulcast we're on youtube and we're on uh, every podcast catcher that's ever been invented uh, in the history of man this is brian Cogger. thank you for joining us we're a sharp college football podcast we're going to talk about usc and ucla this week which i'm really excited about because it's two teams that just have a tremendous amount of upside i mean both of them do and uh and alex grinch is the defensive coordinator so we'll get into that and we're talking about downside. (laughs) still um yes still still that's right uh i joined us always by rob Aaron from sharp college football what's going on rob
1: i'm i'm really excited for these teams i mean i think everyone sort of and i just did the usc advanced stats preview um on sharp college football's youtube uh which is also where you can find this uh as well and then um This UCLA team is really intriguing and I think is not getting nearly enough attention. So I am really excited to talk about them coming into this year.
0: Yeah, all the all the hipsters that cover college football are like, oh, this Oregon State team <laughs> no.
1: is really... Oh,
0: they're like feeling themselves, like looking at themselves in the mirror, and I'm like, no, 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 no. no. Chip Kelly is, is, has proven it and done it.
1: <laughs> it, turns, it turns out, like, Chip Kelly may have actually solved his, like, kryptonite problems since he came to UCLA, which has been hiring a defensive coordinator.
0: Yeah, well, I had other things. We'll for yeah. to that, too, because holy Moses. Um, I'm trying to think, is there any... I mean, there's really been no news. I mean, ACC has been looking at the at Stanford and and Cal and and they're only one vote shy.
1: (laughs) That's that's
0: (laughs) so bizarre. Okay, so I okay here I I should admit this. So I saw you tweet about like you tweeted about this where you're like, all right, the Big Ten, right? You have USC's playing Rutgers and Arizona and Arizona State are playing UCF. The thing though, Rob, is all the teams in between those two coasts, like that, you
1: that, you're, have, you're, right? you're, I mean, that is a somewhat valid point. It is still, I live in Columbus, Ohio. There, it is still a hike to Columbus yeah. from, from Los Angeles. It's going to be a hike to Iowa from Los Angeles. Right. I mean, now at least if you're like in the big 12, you know, big 12 land, like, you know, you just got to fly across New Mexico to get to, to Texas tech, um, <clears throat> And I guess you know, the Dallas flight's not very, you know, terribly long from, from any of those places, but yeah, I mean, like, I mean, just, it drives me nuts though. Cause people like all the, it's like every, you know it's like if you, uh, it's, it's like they can't resist a, a like a, some attempt at a pun or a, like sports, like writers and like journalists in general and sports writers in particular cannot resist puns. Um, and they're—it's just sort of like—I mean, it's—it's it's like as if you like threw a threw a ball in front of a bunch of golden retrievers, and they're just like, "Oh my god!" Like, wait a minute! Like that's the Atlantic Coast Conference! Like this can't be real. It's in the name. It's like, oh yeah, I got it right. Like you, you yeah, Big Ten. You, you, how, many, how many teams are in that? Conference, you every? you are aware? You are aware that the the Big Ten has a, includes Los Angeles and New Jersey now, right? Like. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The big 12 literally had like nine teams for like five years. Right. So let's, let's not like, I'm pretty sure that the, you know, like that, that has flown out the window years ago. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I like, look for on my end, whatever. Like, I mean, I, I like Stanford. It's a beautiful campus. I like Cal, like those are the two campuses. Oh, like, I do think that Stanford's commitment to athletics is a little bit more serious than Cal's. So I would, I would like, I mean, Cal has some serious
1: Olympic sports. I mean, if you're really into swimming, Stanford's got great swimming too. I mean, Stanford has a sailing team. (laughs) That's
0: true. So they're they're very good, Rob. They try try to push him on Pac-12 media day. 10 years ago. (laughs) I, I, I just, so, but like, you know, because the, the, the thing is you're getting real credible reports on the Northwest schools. Yeah. And there's just nothing about Oregon state and Washington state. And that's worrisome to me because I really feel so like we, we, I was joking about the hipster vibe of college football, but that's kind of the, that's the, that's the quaintness of the sport. You kind of want that. And the two teams that have really tried and really made creative hires, like there's just been no stories about where they're going to go. I'm, I'm just assuming in my mind, I have already plugged them into whatever the mountain West big Pac-12 conglomerate is going to be. It just seems like that's where they're going to go.
1: Well, I'm sort of, I mean, this is one of those ones where, I mean, I know that like, um, you know, the athletic had a piece and they were talking about like, Oh, what, you know, the, the TV overlords are betting on is that, people are going to, they may lose some like, you know, super interested fans, you know, like from the small teams, you know, the non casual fans from the smaller teams, but what they're hoping to gain is like the casual fans who are not really that into college football that they're going to tune in more for like, you know, Washington versus Michigan. Then they, you know, they might not tune in, you know, otherwise, um, or like USC, Ohio state. Like I get it. Like that's a big matchup that if you can put on the radar more often, um, but like, I always think of like when I mean, people when people talked about like when people talk about like like cutting down on the number of like at large bids in the NCAA tournament or like you know like cutting down on auto bids or something. I'm just like, you guys know what makes this people like why people like this, right? Like people like this yeah. because people like rooting for underdogs. <laughs> like, yeah, they like absolutely. they like coming into the season and not necessarily knowing the full story. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Um, you know, they like being able to pick a team that they, and have some team really overachieve and suddenly end up on the national stage. They like, uh, like, I think one of that is one thing that college football does much better better than the nf and uh, look the nfl is a money-making machine so like college football isn't even on their level of money-making but it's something that i think college football and and certainly college basketball do better which is just a constantly like and look the nfl has some parity but like the constantly changing you know kaleidoscope of teams and players that are like you know hit on people's radar and end up sort of catching the national con- i mean last year it was tcu right like you know, a couple years from now, TCU's not making that run. (laughs) You know, like and I and I say that like, I don't know. I but I I think it's I think what's fascinating out of all what's fascinating out of all of this, and the reason why I always get like I'm like, don't watch don't watch the pieces on the board, figure out who the actual players are, is that (laughs) ESPN and Fox are perfectly willing to pay Eight tenths of the remaining Pac-12, thirty million dollars a year. They are perfectly willing to do that, <laughs> and and and, and everyone sitting around, everyone sitting around there, and they're just saying like, "Oh, how did this happen?" Right? Like the Pac-12 wasn't worth it. They could only get that deal from Apple. I'm just like, guys, like watch and figure out who the who the actual players are the players are ESPN and Fox right and they're willing they were willing to shred the Pac-12 so that Apple would not get a deal and they're perfectly willing to actually pay out what would the, a deal that the Pac-12 at least this year would have taken right
0: and guaranteed yeah. right like guaranteed money yeah. you don't have to sell tickets yeah. you don't
1: have to like get your friends to, to convince their friends like <laughs> here's the money they would absolutely and like so There, i mean one like that's that's it's a little frustrating to see, like, because ba- like the college football playoff, it's basically keeping Apple out of the college football playoff contract when that one comes up again, like they don't want Apple and they're bidding for that. Um So it's frustrating to see something you love and like. And if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you do. Right. Like, love you were into Pac-12 football, torn up for, you know, Bi- bi- literal business reasons, right? Like not even, not like anybody's going to make any more money. It's just, we're keeping Apple out for one more round. Cause I don't think it's going to stay well, in the long run. Um,
0: on, on that. Well, like just, just a quick clarification on that point. Right. Uh, and I forget who asked me this, but it, it was a good question where Apple had so much money. Yeah. Right. Like, so, I mean, just, I mean, more money than Disney, more money than Fox. Like oh, yeah, their I market mean, they capitalization
1: have, is they dwarf. It's like
0: it's it's a trillion. Like I remember when it was like, "Hey, would, will they reach a trillion dollars?" Right. And they're like, "Yep, yeah, EMA's, <laughs> yeah, like, we, got, we got you." So, is it more that it was like, I mean, because ESPN and Fox were already in on the Big Ten, the Big they already they already settled that,
1: and they likely so, overpaid to keep Apple yes. out, right? Like,
0: yeah. So, if you're Apple, is it just the fact that? The Pac 12 isn't worth it. I, right? I mean, like to overpay.
1: I think Apple. I mean, so look, they certainly, um, I mean, yeah, they could have come back in and they did. They came up from, they were at 23 million guaranteed. They came up to 25 million guaranteed in their final offer. Um, but I th- if you're just like, Everybody in the you know the way this is going to work in the future when you are on a streaming service and you, guess what you're going to have subscription numbers that you need to help hit. <laughs> like that's the way the yeah. business model is going to work, right? Um, it's the way they ran it with MLS too, um, and I think that. What Apple's done is, look, they, they they definitely invested some money off the bat. You have to invest big money to start to, like, you know, actually get some content out there. And, like, they weren't going to be able to Netflix it and just buy people's old content. Like, everybody wants to monetize their own old content now. And they haven't quite figured out how to do that well. Um, yeah. But the... Like, so they, you know, they're in for a bunch of money on stuff like The Morning Show and Ted Lasso. I mean, all that stuff, right? Um, but Apple seems to have pulled back on sports and played it really straight. I mean, I think they played it really straight with MLS. Um, and I think they played it really straight with the Pac 12. And I, I mean, the fact that they got outbid by ESPN and Fox on the big, uh, on, on the SEC and the Big 10 tells you they, and, and maybe the Big 12 too, tells you they played it really straight again. You know, like they were not going to come off their numbers too much in order to get a deal done. And ESPN and Fox, I mean, I do think that now ESPN and Fox, I think have more of an incentive because I think part of what is holding or at least staunching the bleeding on cable subscribers, leave it to, you know, leaving cable is sports, right? Sports helps keep people like if that starts to break up. You're going to like, you could see that those cable subscriber numbers dwindle even further, but there was a report. And I, I mean, this is really frustrating and it's been confirmed in a couple of places and Washington state's president went on the record. I think talking to John Canzano about this was last year in the fall, the PAC 12 had a $30 million per year deal from ESPN and several PAC 12 presidents told Klyakov that they would not accept any. They thought the valuation was fifty million a year, and they needed to be closer to the Big Ten. So as much as people want, <laughs> like, don't get me wrong, Koff did some dumb stuff. But as 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 yeah. always, like it comes back to the just idiots were <laughs> the Pac-12 CEO president's group. I mean, you could think like, I mean, it probably wasn't Washington State. It probably wasn't Oregon State that had an overinflated idea of their worth
0: it wasn't the norcal schools right because right. like the, they were happy to you know go get along the, probably wasn't utah
1: right probably wasn't arizona
0: and and, and like <laughs> let's be honest it probably was not colorado at the time with yeah. the coach that they hired and and the fact that they haven't made a sweet 16 and since i've been born
1: probably right <laughs> it's been a really i mean it was probably oregon and washington yeah. which is mind-blowing and the la schools like well, no no because this is after the la schools left Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. Okay. So after the LA schools left, ESPN came in with an offer after the negotiating window was over, and said we'll give you thirty million per. And yeah, like it's got to it had to be Oregon and Washington. And what's frustrating about that is you know they got stoned by the Big Ten, and they got an they yep. probably got an idea of their valuations. Now, oddly enough, Oregon and Washington are worth more in the Pac-12 to a TV. T- fire than they are in the big 10 because they have rivalries and you're going to get better more tuning in like so like Oregon and Washington would be worth slightly and this isn't me saying this this is Bob Thompson said this he's like who's the former Fox sports executive that's on Twitter you know Oregon and Washington are probably worth more into the Pac-12 than they are in the big 10 but you know they knew their number new uh number which is probably around 30 million a year <laughs> in the pit was right where they ended up at with the big 10 uh, about hat less than half of what the big 10's revenue like paying out to everybody else um but the you know it was probably them that pushed back on it's just it's so frustrating because like they went back to espn and espn like because you know what it's i mean like you, you know i mean i i do negotiations on deals like if somebody comes in with a bonkers, I'm mean, just a crazy number. You can just torpedo the deal because they're not going to take you seriously and they're not going to think you're going to be able to come to an agreement. Right. Yeah. Like if you're 20 million apart, how are you going to get to a number?
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, like it, it's just like, I saw that story and I thought, Oh yeah, that sounds about right. Like, <laughs> just <you know>. Stupid. <laughs> that, that, that sounds very right. okay. Well, the, what like again, it's, it's interesting to see what will happen. I really I'm more interested in what happens to Washington State and Oregon State. Yeah, because I just think, you know, like, all right, ACC takes up Stanford and Cal. Am I going to watch those games? No, like I'm just not. I just I just don't think that those teams are serious about football. And it's interesting, kind of what Stanford was doing, but it seems like out of necessity they had to be interesting. And yeah, I'm more, I'm way more interested in what Oregon State and and Washington State are doing. I'm more interested in what Colorado and Utah are doing. Um, I think the Arizona schools have made interesting, high, like I just, you know, like and obviously the the Oregon and Washington uh, and, and the USC. It just seems like of all the teams in the back 12 right? <laughs> like those NorCal schools, it's just like I, you know. Good luck. You know, I, I mean, I hope they get a deal. I hope that the football, but like, again, I don't know if you ask the Cal administration right now or the Stanford administration right now, less so, less so Stanford, but more so Cal, do you want to have football? I just think that the answer is probably no.
1: No, I mean, I think, so, I mean, the only thing, the only reason the Cal's going to say yes is because they got all that debt. Yeah. Now that doesn't, yeah. that, that I I don't know how, I don't know how those deals are structured. I don't know if that, de- that money kicks over to main campus. If your athletic department folds, just
0: put it, just put it in an omnibus <laughs> or if it's somehow, like or if filter. it somehow
1: ends up on like some rule where like the state, like because it's a state entity, it can't default or something like that. But like, holy moly. Right? Like that's like the only reason like Cal would truly, truly keep it going. Right. Um, I don't. I mean, it just it. It honestly feels like it's like man, join the Ivy League, you know. Like yeah. stop, stop offering scholarships and join the Ivy League, man. Like why not, right? Two, like two of the best schools in the in the world, right, right, like right. I
0: mean, I I always feel so bad because I dump on Cal all the time. Cal is an exceptionally incredible productive amazing university that anybody that gets a scholarship there like should like frame the offer like yeah. that, that is such a it's i mean it's such a great university. do not
1: like listen like i know ucla and washington also are prestigious universities like i'm sorry i'm i'm sorry but like cal puts up no cal puts up no bells, my friends like like <laughs> not that you guys don't but y'all are in the same league and Nobel Prizes. So Like, was, like, uh, don't get me wrong. Like there's some nice stuff you guys do and I'm not taking away from it. Like, I mean, I'm proud of Arizona's AAU status. And so I'm sure like Colorado alums and Utah alums, like those things matter. But like, yeah, like just, just, just be frank about like who you are and what you want to be. I don't know. I mean, like I can't, it is hard to imagine. It, it is it mind blowing to me to imagine ESPN paying 30 30 million dollars a year for Boston College cal to a game that if it's on the east coast <laughs> maybe too early for cal fans to watch <laughs> and a game on the west coast no one in boston's staying up for <laughs> like, no no like, i just
0: yeah, well, well, like I mean, I think they're just scrapping, right? I mean, they like I don't think they're they're I don't think that they're anticipating that. But again, when you look back at what was offered, right? Like now, now you're up a creek in and that. And that's I
1: mean, Cal. I mean, what's funny is like ESPN, like ESPN's in a spot where like they want to get this done. This is only happening because ESPN wants to get some additional West Coast Prime inventory, right? And they're willing yeah. to pay the thirty million dollars a year for it. And be, like the Fox went in and just cracked a whip on the big 10 and basically said like, here's your money. Like you, you're everybody fall in line. Cause we're the gravy train. Right? Like um, but everybody in the big 10 is really happy. They're about to get bonkers money. Right? Like that is not the case for Cle- like it, it, the, the holdouts are Clemson, Florida state, North Florida Carolina state. and North Carolina state. Those are your holdouts. The teams that would very much like to be not in that conference anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And we would very much like to be in before they say yes to anything, if they're going to stay in the ACC to have a renegotiation of revenue, right? Like they're, and they're going to hold it up and they're going to try to gum up ESPN and gum up Cal and Stanford. I but I mean, I guess I hope is like, i'm not sure that espn is able to get that one across right because i think that like i think there are some people that are annoyed with them right now for being stuck in that oh, acc deal Lord. yeah yeah, oh, yeah exactly yeah. oh you
0: want us to do this now yeah. How about the 20 yeah. years that we're locked into your contract yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: like I, you know good luck um so maybe they're not able to to get their you know like to get their their everybody in line that's better for oregon state and washington state because at least they have cal and stanford to help build around and then i think you could have the conversation about cal and stanford and oregon state and washington state maybe raiding the mountain west in a year when the mountain west i think their their grant of rights expires and they could all those like those teams i think could get out it's either their grant of rights expires or they would have like a minimal exit fee and then they could get teams and sort of like keep the pac-10 pac-12 branding yeah, and logo. that'd be a
0: good i mean that'd be a fun conference so those four teams and like the best of the mountain yeah. left, like sure like i mean was, i mean i wouldn't watch it but i would i mean i would i mean that's not true i would watch it because it's on but it wouldn't be a point i
1: am television. only watching it if wyoming's included and there's like no way that's gonna happen although it's funny like so the wyoming wyoming's like in a unique spot because the state legislates the only four-year school and the state has like It's not quite like a Saudi fund, but they have the permanent mineral trust fund, which has a bunch of dollars in it. And Wyoming's athletic director said basically, like, we could be in a position to take less TV money to stay in a good conference because we could make it up out of the legislature. And I'm like, this is, I mean, it's one of those, it's what, it's like, it's one of those ones where it's like, I know. I was just like, it's like, it's one of those ones where it's just like, Wait a minute! I thought this was like small government, like the land of small government. What? Are we, and we're just like, nope. We're like, <laughs> no, well, we welfare for the football team done. <laughs>
0: <Like>. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, well, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, you know, I'm sure those stories will continue. We have we have USC, we have UCLA, fascinating teams. We're going to break down each roster. Uh, you know, uh, from defense and offense, we're trying to go too deep to kind of look into to see what these teams are, and we'll do it right after this. All right, we're back, and let's do UCLA because it's it's oh, like this look, is the most exciting so- thing
1: on the menu. Don't get me wrong, USC is like the obvious; it's the obvious thing on the menu that everyone's told you about already. Everyone in town knows about.
0: Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes the little brother gets a scholarship to Harvard, right? And, and that little brother gets signed to some uh, some like crazy hedge fund, and he's just and he's just calling you up and being like, "Hey, hey, big brother, what's going on? What's going like? You know, do you want to come over to to the to the beach house?" And I feel that look. Well, we'll get to USC. We'll get to USC. I, it, the fact that UCLA is in a position where they can really cause some damage. And and I think one of the things for me and for this podcast, Rob, is I've been pretty hesitant on UCLA over the last couple of years, just because chip Kelly's roster management is, is not even secretly garbage. It is openly garbage. Like he just, he, there's just a lot of, a lot of things that most legitimate college football coaches would not do or let slide that he has. And each year, I look at that team and go, "This offensive line is stupid." <laughs> it always works, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I, exactly, right. Like, and that's that's gonna be one of my points here. Like, like, it doesn't matter. I, they're like Utah. <laughs> like, just just it's like Utah's linebackers. Like, <laughs> it's not a, it's not the same level. But like they're gonna be gar- They're not gonna be great, but they're gonna they're gonna do just enough, right, to to get them to a position where they can where it's not going to be a massive hole.
1: I feel like every year I look at the roster and I'm like, wait a minute, last year that defensive line was an offensive line where that offensive line was a defensive. Line. I'm like, what are we doing here? It's like constant. And you know what? I mean, it hasn't worked out on the defensive line, but it's mostly worked nope. out for the offensive line.
0: Yeah. I, it's like, it's it's crazy. And then, and then every year, and I'm usually right on this. I look at the defense and I go, Holy smokes, like this is garbage. And, you know, uh, like obviously what happened, um, with, with, uh, Musgrave was, uh, like, you know, that was, was a problem, um, for, uh, the, the university in many ways, obviously from a personal standpoint, like it's yeah. awful when you lose like a, a defensive coordinator right. and like, you know, obviously the family and all that goes like it highlights that football is more than just the sport. It's, it's personal and all these, all these, uh, for the most part, it seemed like uh, you, have, you have a lot of really good leaders that really do pour their hearts into coaching and to football. And it seemed like the Musgrave family was like that. Um, at the same time, I do think the way that UCLA handled that was inappropriate, right? Like, yeah, if, if look, if your defensive coordinator isn't going to be there, fine. I mean, you don't have to say why. Right and they didn't and and I. this is the thing this is the thing that's so frustrating with with Kelly because it's like Chip Kelly doesn't release a depth chart he doesn't update his roster right. he doesn't let people watch his practices right. he doesn't tell you when his defensive coordinator is not the defensive coordinator and you're just going like you know all the things that i just said of coaches pouring themselves into students you know coaches high like really loving the game like the way that chip kelly operates is the exact opposite of that where you just go like it's a game man like it's football you're chip it's not like you're this this Burge. It's not like you're uh, Dillingham, a thirty-two-year-old head coach that has to prove himself in the world. You're freaking Chip Kelly at UCLA. Nobody cares,
1: right? right? Like,
0: just put a depth chart out there. Right. Put your st- Like, you know, like you can just say, "Hey, you know, our our defensive coordinator stepping away for a bit." And like, fine, okay, like, right. I think everybody's pretty. good. <laughs> I, I, I say all this. I, I say all this because the defense has been trashed for like 4 years and this might be the year, Rob, where there might be some some uh some heft to it and th- and that's interesting.
1: I mean, the silver I mean this is I mean obviously a tragic situation. If there is a silver lining, it is that Chip Kelly had to go back and make a hire again and I don't think the Musgrave was working out and I think that's okay to say. Um yeah. and I think he actually made a really good hire. I say that as like listen, yeah. the guy has not called plays before. But like Michigan hired a guy off the Ravens staff who hadn't called plays before. He was pretty good, right? Like, I mean, the, some of the NFL the guys that have come back from the NFL it doesn't always work. It didn't work with Kerry Combs at Ohio State, but there's a decent track record of guys coming straight from the NFL without having called plays, particularly if you're coming off a really good NFL defense like the Ravens and being pretty good in college. And UCLA. It's like, I'm with you. I'm not sure that it's the most talented defense in the league, but they've still got some guys, right? Like they have still got some, like they still, if you look at the past couple seasons, I don't think that there is a reasonable argument that they have ever played up to their talent level. And just playing up to their talent level would be remarkable (laughs) for them, right? Yeah.
0: And like, well, look, a town level is forty. Like, let's be yeah. let's call a spade a spade here. They, like they have not recruited exceptionally well at the defensive level. But we're not like I don't think you and I, Rob, are arguing for them to be a top fifteen defense. We no. just want you to not suck. And like, as an RO in Musgrave, like just just on the field, the production of those those um, those units were bad. I mean, and, and it really set UCLA back. And you saw that multiple times. Like, I mean, yeah. Because they had a top, what, top 10? Yeah, they I mean, were number what was eight the, what was overall offense? in beta
1: rank. Like, they had a sneaky, again, I mean, like, now, Kelly, like, last year, it it got kind of, again, like, kicked on, under, like, a little under the radar because their defense was so bad. And also, as as good as their offense was, it wasn't like, you know, Tennessee or something like that. But it's still a really good offense. Like, Kelly's been kicking around in, like, the 20s, you know, on offense. Like, this was... One of his best offenses he's had at or right, at USC or UCLA, and I just like, yeah, if they could get, just get to like a middle of the road, slightly worse than average power five defense, like in the Pac twelve, you're cooking, right? Like, yeah, like, I mean, like they're, but like I think like they made a like they made a higher, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm excited. Like we talked about this like before, like. Oregon State is the sort of like everyone, everyone split zone duo. You know, like every national podcast is like, "Hi, other the Bu's with DJU." We were talking about, we're, I mean, we are too. Everyone is.
0: This is a better team. UCLA. UCLA like,
1: could this be UCLA could be sneaky, really good, and like mess up some people's seasons or go on their own run.
0: Yeah, I've be, I have bet the over. I bet them to win the conference. <laughs> they have a stupid schedule. Like just the, and that's the thing too. It's like, it was interesting. Cause my friend was, was shooting me the odds. Like, you know, I said, why is, why is Utah plus 600? Like this, their two time champion. I'm like, look at their schedule. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, that's yeah. the difference here where this team is really good. And like, and, and here's the thing. So, I mean, just, just oh, going dude, through well, Their
1: schedules, sets them up. It's stupid. It's so dumb. <laughs> oh man, UCLA. Yeah. Holy moly. Like we're we're brought- That's it. After this, after this. Like we have a, we have a, we are, we are sort of small, but fierce. We have a, um, we have a relatively smallish following mostly among pac 12 fans and then a large following of like college football writers and stuff. And like, that's it. We are going to talk like it's, I'm going to like put my agenda of like making everyone talk about UCLA for like the last, last two weeks before the season starts (laughs) like, Oh, you fools. You missed (laughs) us
0: here. And here's the thing. Is that for the last couple of years, UCLA's season win total has been like seven or eight. Yeah. With a, wor- with a worse roster with a tougher schedule. And Kelly has figured it out. What's the win now, total this year? Eight and a half. Eight and a half.
1: That guy had, did Which that get is, bet up or?
0: I don't think, I, oh, okay. I, I, I mean, it might have been eight. It might have started at yeah. eight, but eight and a half is where it's at right now. Um, And, and like, let's talk through the offense because I look, I, is this offense going to be as good as a five-year DTR with was Zach Charbonnet? No. So, so we should, we should take a look at what this offense was and then take a look at what it could be for now. So what what did the numbers talk about them?
1: So you see a leg rated out at number eight overall offensively last season. Um, They were number five overall in drive efficiency. They were excellent. I mean, and this is something that goes to DTR, finally figuring it out a bit, you know, like and being less of a turnover machine, um, being able to take what was given to him. Um, and also, I mean, like still being able to be quite effective with his legs. Um, so number yeah. five overall, they were 13 in explosive drives. I mean, in a, I mean, a lot of this is like, man, they've got like chip Kelly can, does have one of the best run schemes in college football. I mean, hands down, right? Like, yeah. um, and you know a lot of their big plays came like either were on the off of you know the run or keying off of the run with the tight ends. Um, number eleven in play efficiency, they did a very good job at at, at uh, their yards for play outside of explosives. Eleven in negative drives. This was the big one that tells you how much DTR matured. Fewer turnovers, yeah. fewer three and outs, fewer dumb things going on. Number four in effective rush and twenty nine in effective pass. And this is where I think that sort of like. I, I it's where I say like we should have some optimism about cuz they're not going to ask like look DTR was it was a warrior at points last season like he took shots in that Oregon game and kept them in it right like you know for part of I mean, like I I thought for parts of last year DTR was willing that offense but it's they're still going to have a really good run game like I I mean I yes. I'm like I'm, they could have three defensive linemen starting on the, on the offensive line and it'd probably be fine. Right. And like, I think that um, I, I mean, I, I think they're going to, and like if it's Dante Moore or whether it's somebody else, like, I don't think they're going to ha- be asked to do a ton um, there. Right. I mean, I, I guess that like what it, what it comes down to it is like, I just think offensively what they have, you know, like, and, and, I don't. Th- I mean, when we look at them, like we've only got them projected at twenty-two overall. Some of that is because their defense has just been so horrendous. Their special teams also were pretty bad last season.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and they're at they're they've only got fifty-four percent coming back on the offense. But like a lot of that is losing, you know, Charbonnet losing, you know, DTR um, as well as the tight end. Like I like, you know, like I I at this point like. <sighs> I I don't I don't care who they have it who who whoever shows up at running back will be fine,
0: <laughs> right? Like, yeah, well that's the thing is that they're good. Right. Like, yeah. so, so like I mean we should start at the quarterback right. because obviously DTR like a seven year starter or whatever at UCLA. The thing with it with the thing with the quarterback this year, is you take a look at the other teams in the Pac-12 and you have Caleb Love or Caleb. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Caleb, Caleb, Williams. Caleb Williams. I'm like, in, I'm like in basketball phase right now. Caleb Williams.
1: You <laughs> we don't even Caleb do Williams. basketball, Lord Almighty. Yeah,
0: he's not going to be good. Um, so, so, Caleb Williams. Um, you take a look at uh, like Bonics at Oregon. Um, you take a look at what happens at Utah. Any of those guys go down, and it's a massive problem. Yeah. At UCLA, you have Dante Moore who is like a top three legit five-star quarterback that I think anybody that follows college football recruiting is like, no, that guy's the truth. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's pushing Ethan Garbers, who has like, you know, not like four-star, you know, you know, like, he, he was part of the 17 four-star
1: Somehow uh, didn't get forced to move to tight end or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. They <laughs> ended up like, you know, uh, going everywhere else. So, you know, an okay fallback. Then you have Colin Schley, a quarterback that um was extremely productive in the match. Yeah. So like you actually have a decent depth, like none of these guys are gonna be DTR in his fifth year, but you have a yeah. high floor. And if somebody gets hurt, you still have a high floor. And that's interesting for UCLA because the running game, like you mentioned, is gonna be good. They bring in they bring in Carson Steele from Ball State, who's just like built like um like I don't know if you ever watched Strong Bad. Like remember Strong Bad? He's he's like just a giant brick. Yeah, like, he looks like a giant square. Right, and that's Carson Steele, who's backed by T.J. Harden, who averaged seven yards per carry and was kind of overshadowed by Zach Charbonnet. Um, and then they've been recruiting pretty well at the running back. Like they're gonna be able to move the ball. On the ground, and they're going to have a quarterback that has a pretty high floor. Right. And then when you take a look at some of the other positions here, and we'll go through them, like that's why I'm really kind of bullish on what they're able to do because I just believe in Chip Kelly after after doubting him for so many years, for so many like it, at UCLA, obviously, I it wasn't like I didn't I doubted him
1: at Oregon. at Maybe with the Niners a bit, but.
0: yes that's true he comes back and i'm like what on earth are you doing this is a total mess and in some ways it is but at the end of the day you look at this team this year right and now he's cooking and now he has something to be able to show you
1: yeah i really i mean like and look they got the oregon transfer tight end i mean that's going to continue to be their bread and butter right is is like and i mean they've taken former walk-ons you know, and turn them into very productive okay. college tight ends. Like NFL drafted
0: yeah. players. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, I mean, um, I mean, they, I think they still, I mean, look like this still feels a little bit like the old Chip Kelly, Oregon offenses, where it's like, if you want to be good wide receiver, you better be able to block, you know, like where there were there, there, are you know, like that. And I'm not saying they're, I think they've gotten a little bit better there. Right. But <laughs> <laughs> they're they're definitely like the bread and butter has been they've been a little bit like a little bit like utah was last year which was a very strong running game and some tight end you know tight end passing i think that they're going to diversify a little bit particularly i mean like more is a can, more can spin it i mean like the the word on Moore was like he's got a cannon for an arm he makes it look really easy um you know like if he's if he ends up being your starter I mean, you never know. I mean, we say that like you never know. Like they, who was it? The, the chip? Like didn't didn't he make DTR weight behind like some some dumb Michigan transfer? Who was that guy? Oh god, yeah, who was <laughs> like, that? Oh my god, the guy that I mean, that dude was like made entirely out of rectangles. Like he was <laughs> the most awkward. <laughs> it was like it was oh, like, was it was like a transformer was playing quarterback. Anyway, like. <laughs> <laughs> um anyway like it would be very very chip kelly to be like nope garbers is our guy or like maybe like bring colson yank off back from the dead or wherever they hit him on the <laughs> roster right like the other washington qb transfer um but like i i mean the schedule there like it does I, I think when you look at like breaking in a young quarterback like, I'm
0: sorry, I just looked about Wilton space. Yes.
1: Right? <laughs> His name <laughs> is awkward too. I, yeah, I, like I, none I, of I, that. <laughs> <laughs> Watching that. him run, people are gonna look back at like we're gonna be the only people during the remember these days at the Pac-12 twenty years from now. <laughs> um, but like it's they need to get somebody in and get them comfortable by the time you get to Utah, which is September 23rd, right? Like. Because after that, the schedule's pretty manageable. Till you get to USC, like there's one maybe tough game on there, say Oregon State. You know,
0: I, I yeah, I would push back a little bit on more with the arm. I think the thing that jumps out with him is his decision making. Okay. Like he's just and like David Woods um, uh, from uh, he, he covers the Bruins and, and does the podcast. champions. he talks a lot about um, in spring ball how he just he just makes really sharp decisions that are well beyond like his years. And he's able to put the ball and just get it out in a way that's, but, but even he was saying that Garbers right now is likely the guy. I mean, okay, now, yeah. now we're going into fall camp and like, you know, now, now we're starting to fight. But, um, but that is a, that is a legit fight. And then you have Schley as as probably just you know God bless him getting that econ masters at UCLA and God bless you like just do it man get get the, get them degrees man right that's gonna get you some money, I the thing the thing for me with with the the tight end and what this offense could be is that they brought in two wide receivers that are just. Very abnormal for what we've seen at UCLA for a number of years. They brought in the Cal transfer J. Michael Cernivit yeah, who is by far the best transfer at Cal. He was really talented. He even came with significant pedigree. And as he as he as he signed there, I'm like, what are you doing? Like again, right. Cal, <laughs> great school, get that degree. But like, if you're going to be a football player, that's under under what what that what that offensive system was probably not the best th- decision. He transfers Kyle Ford. Oh is yeah. Supposed to be really good and and he's a bigger guy so when you talk about blocking and you talk about almost that like that Y type of wide receiver like the bigger guy that's him but he's he's the guy like he's gonna be good you and, and you add him to like cam Brown who came in from um Texas Am they have a couple really fast guys in the slot I think I'm curious and I don't know' gonna do this but there's a possibility where they open that offense a little bit more with the wide receivers than they have with the tight ends. So just like, kind of keep a lookout for that. It yeah. might not happen. For you. Kelly might just stick to his gun <laughs> um, because because the organ transfer um, uh, Mataveo is is pretty good, right? But, and, and like, and he's made you know, like you mentioned, he's taken redshirt freshman and two star tight ends, and he's just he's done his wizardry with them. But anyway, I just like wanted to flag that because it's a possibility that you have another dimension now to this offense in addition to what we've seen already.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the I mean, like it would be interesting to see because I, I do think that even if the wide receivers haven't been great in the past, the running being, game has been so good. They really should have still been able to key off of it a bit. Right. And like DTR has got an arm, you know, Like, I, I don't think it's pure scheme. So maybe they do need to, you know, like test it out. Ford was a highly, highly recruited guy when he went to USC um, and it didn't work out at all for him. <laughs> I, mean, like, I
0: mean, but what, like what he yeah. was behind though, he was behind so many like players that have ended up being pretty darn good there. I think that's the, that's
1: true. I mean, I, I mean, it's true. I mean, but like he, you know, they, they had, Addison have been was one off of them, to, uh, I mean, Addison was off to the NFL and he wasn't sticking around this year. Right. Like, I mean, they had some turnover, um, you know, they brought in, uh, you know, the guy from Arizona. <laughs> yeah, <that's... laughs> you know? um, so, I mean, I, I like, I, I, I think Ford and Sturdivant are definitely better, you know, than they've had, but like, I mean, they had like Chase Coda was a four star, right? Like wide receiver, yeah. oddly enough. <laughs> right. Um, you know, they got, I, I just think I, I'm I I I do think that the like I think the offense is going to be fine. I think it will be interesting to see if they are able to open up a bit more. Um Garbers and and um more are more like are less like DTR, you know, they are more like your, you know, like a little bit like they have some athleticism, but they're going to look to throw the ball first and foremost, right? Yeah. Um yeah. but I think the main thing for UCLA is just like, you know, is whoever's going to play, whoever can play within the system is going to play. Right. And like, I mean, I will give Kelly credit. Like, I mean, even when DTR was bad, like a couple turnovers, a game bad sometimes, like he stuck with them. Right. And he didn't pull them. Um,
0: I, I would argue with him during the season, the offseason, off-season was always, like always over his shoulder trying to see what
1: he can bring. But I, I hear you, <laughs> oh, that's true. But I, I mean, I think that, like, I mean, I do think that, like, Kelly, like, for the schedule, right? Like, and I'm not saying that they're going to go like blow the doors off of Utah or anything if they don't turn the ball over, but like, that's the main thing I think for them, right? Is like, just if you can cut down on your turnovers, you can get through the majority of the schedule, um, fine. Particularly, I mean, like, as, we- as we're saying, is like, we think the defense will improve. Like, you could get through the majority of this schedule just fine, and you're going to be the favorite in a whole bunch of these games, right? Now, you're not going to be like a prohibitive favorite in all of them, um, but you'd be a decent, they're going to be a decent favorite in most of their games. Call that Oregon State game a toss up, right? Like, there's only two games on the schedule that you're probably an underdog, and that's USC and Utah. Um, that's a pretty fair I mean like again, like you might just need somebody to manage the game to to get ahead here,
0: yeah, I mean like the the worry is offensive line on paper, yeah, but and look like i think I think that with this offensive line has been such a uh uh like duct tape and chicken wire type of of construction since Kelly's been here, right, and you're not gonna get the best line in the conference, but I don't think he needs that. Like, I think he just needs to be able to have a competent line that allows the run game to set up the pass. And this year is interesting because he brings in three transfers and that, I mean, almost any other team. I'm like, oh, this is stupid. This is going to be done. Like Kelly does well
1: uh, in the transfer for forward offensive line though.
0: I th- like, we're bringing in. We're bringing in guards from Colorado. That that worries me a little bit. Like, right, right. Like Jake Wiley is 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 penciled in as the starting guard, um, as the starting right guard. They do have two returners. Their center and their tackle. The right tackle comes back. Um, you know, we're looking at an old Dominion tackle probably for left on the left side. We're looking at a Purdue uh, starter. Like, I just, but like I say that more just to. If I don't mention it, I'm not doing due diligence for UCLA. I think it's going to be okay. I mean, it's not going to be terror. It's not going to be great,
1: but it's going to be okay. I mean, I don't think. I mean, they may not be quite as effective as they were last year running the football, but I still think they're going to be really effective running the darn football, right? Like, um, and they sat at – I mean, they were really good. I mean, like according to Football Outsiders' calculation for line yards. They were at number two overall. I mean, they got a really good push last year. So yeah, maybe there's going to be a bit of fall off, but I don't think it's going to be the end of the world, right? Um, Yeah. You know, like we still expect them to be quite good, have a really good running game. Maybe the offense falls to like 12, you know, in the 15 range. I don't, I just, I just, I think Kelly's, Kelly's pretty creative and he does, he does run good stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, let's shift over to the defense because that's like, if they're going to if they're going to win the conference if they're going to compete for the conference if they're going to go over this is where like i'm confident in the the offense i think the offense is going to keep scoring and they'll be fine the defense is uh has been a problem (laughs) and and it might still be um what was this defense last year
1: so last season this defense was 80 overall in beta rank that is a very very bad power five defense for sure um they were at number they were at 113 in drive efficiency you could really put together drives against them um and as good as the offense was i mean that tells you that you know the teams were able to put together long drives because the like you were often starting from a kickoff, right? Like you didn't have, like the defense had really good field position to work with, and they still gave up a bunch of points, 39 overall in explosive drives. They gave up a lot of big plays, 50 in play efficiency, 85 and negative drives, not enough three and outs. not enough turnovers. What really hurt? I mean, they're, this is still bad. Like they're in effective rush. They were at 62 overall, but 91 in effective pass. They really, really struggled. And, and, I had to, I mean, man, I swear I, we had to, we had to listen to remember when they brought that guy over from Navy <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, and he was going to clean up the back end, right? Like they struggled against the past last year. Um, but the new defensive coordinator is, I mean, I, um, when I, when I saw who the new DC was, I was pretty excited. I mean, I'm pretty excited about this. Like I, I, I think Lynn is a really good hire for them. Um, and it's going to help clean up some of what they've been doing.
0: I think there's a couple things that are, that make me optimistic. And then there's some things that make me pessimistic. I think the line is okay, right? You have the Murphy twins at the end. Yeah. Uh, you have Leatu Leitu who was just a revelation for them. And he was one of those transfer portal guys that got injured at like Hawaii and then kind of gave up on football and then UCLA gave him a chance and he was awesome. Um, he returned. So I think the edges are going to be pretty good. Carl Jones comes back and all this stuff. In the middle, Jade uh, Toya is is actually pretty good. He was that like five star ish transfer from USC yeah. that ended up going over to UCLA. He returns. Um, they have Gary Smith and they got a, a guy named Keanu Williams, who's an Oregon transfer. Like that line, if if you line that that if that was the defensive line for Oregon State or for Washington State or for like and look like we're not saying USC, Oregon, Washington, right? But, yeah. It's not bad. Like the, I, I think that I think that line is going to be okay. And then when you take a look at the linebackers, right? They're going to probably do like that four two five, which is kind of where everybody's going. Like I, I had them down as a four three, and then it's kind of like, oh, not really. Yeah. Um, they bring in Cal starting inside linebacker. They they have an Alabama transfer who was injured last year, who was a four star guy. And then behind them, you have the starters from last year. You have Vons who wasn't that good. Um, you have uh, Darius Muasu. Um, um, from Hawaii who was kind of a mess. But you have like it seems like Kelly went out and he kind of beefed up that linebacking core knowing that that was a weakness. And I just I don't know. What do you what do you think about that front seven?
1: I mean, I think the front six. Yeah, I think the <laughs> I think the front six has a shot to be better. You know, I mean, I think uh to your point like the concern is a little bit more up the middle. Um you know, and, and whether they, I mean, look, I mean, 60 isn't great defending the run. They still have a lot of work to do there too, but I definitely think they have a shot to like cut down on, you know, like if, if Toya in particular can, can show more progress. Um, I think they have a shot to close down some of the interior run. I mean, and two, like, we talked about this as like, you know, they, they can generate a decent amount of pressure, but like, you're not getting a 90 and effective pass by like getting a ton of pressure on the quarterback at effective times. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. um, So they're going to have to step it up there too. But I mean, in some way, like, you know, you'd be, I think, look, there's not like the, they didn't recruit a bunch of these guys. Like Kelly is probably spent more like chip. Kelly is probably more jazzed about the transfer portal than any human. Like, yeah. I mean, he's like, Oh, I don't have to go out and recruit. Yeah. Great. Like, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Which is a probably like this might bite him at some point. Right. I just don't think it's this year. Right. Like, I just think this seems
1: pretty good. actually. Um But I do think, I mean, I do think that there, <clears throat> there are like, if you go through it, it does feel a little bit, like the, like, I mean, it can feel a little bit like the island of misfit toys. I do think that there's better coaching, and that's going to help a lot. I think um, that transfer for Alabama, who they, re- I mean, it was like when he got injured, that was a major loss for them, because it, I think people were so excited about him coming in, um, even though he didn't quite work out at Bama. Um, and he, so I think they're excited to have him this year. They could definitely use more speed, more getting football in that front six, front seven. I, I mean. Like, it is tough because like i am excited i think a new defensive coordinator is really big however you go through it and you're just like oh man are all these pieces gonna fit <laughs> like
0: i think they'll fit better yeah. I mean, like they were in a top 80 defense last year like i think yeah. that if new coordinator arguably better pieces right or like close enough pieces and that's i mean like top 60 Look, it doesn't, i look' not saying top that this 40 is be, that's the
1: biggest deal but like i mean you want to go into the I mean the weakness? The weakness is I mean yeah, well, the, weakness, the numbers the, the weakness numbers
0: was the, starting to ZZ hearn last the,
1: the year. Num- like that was the weakness <laughs> team. Good lord. When when people oh my god, when people were like, Oh man, they've got this corner from Wyoming and it's as easy hearn, I was like, Oh, that is easy hearn? There can't be two of them, right? Like the guy who was a walk on in Arizona and as soon as he came on the field, Houston was like, It's it's time for deep balls because that guy didn't have the legs. <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert yeah. still didn't have yeah. uh,
0: like the like so, so if you want to look at the bright side it's the starting four likely Devin Kirkwood high four star player John Humphrey um, who So, these are your two likely starting corners um, John Humphrey like pretty decent recruit um, seems like they like him in camp they bring in um an organ transfer, who's likely the backup at corner, and then they got some guys that didn't play. At nickel, they have a former walk. Now, now is where things start really sliding off cliff. Yeah. Like they have a they have a walk-on who's probably not good, named Alex Johnson, that is slated in that nickel spot. And when you take a look at what this team was last year, where Azizi Hearn was your starter, that speaks volumes of what your depth looks yeah. like. So they have a true freshman tight. I mean, this is, this is where, this is where the, the, the wagon gets a little rickety and you're getting, you're nailing things a bit like, and when you do this in the pack 12, I think you get into in danger. So, um, I, I, th- I think that, I think the the safety will be interesting. Mo Osling, who is probably their best player in the secondary is gone. Right. And that's a problem. <laughs> they bring in Jordan Anderson from, uh, like a bowling green bowling transfer green. and like, where you, where just, you want I to know. be getting your defensive
1: <laughs> players, right? Like,
0: I was trying to do a serious face and then it just kind of, it just (laughs) kind of melted away. The secondary is kind of a mess. Well, that's, (laughs) I mean, like,
1: look, I mean, like, look, it's not going to maybe hurt him as much. Like you don't have Oregon and Washington on the schedule. That's like, you know, you, and as you go through the schedule, right? Like, yeah, you got Utah, but Utah, you're going to need to be able to, you know, knuckle down and stop the run. Right. Um, Washington State's gonna throw it around a bit, but they're not they're
0: not well I
1: mean, <laughs> we'll see when will. new OC helps. But yeah, I'm I'm a little like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be like, oh, they're gonna throw the ball all over the place. I was there last year. It wasn't it wasn't like that. It's it's a it's Arizona because Arizona threw it around on them last year, and Arizona's gonna throw it around again this year, right? Um maybe ASU by the time you get to there with Dillingham. And then USC yeah, trend
0: Burke. trend Burke is their quarterback. Like, is I'm he? sorry. Like I, it's not Drew yes, Pine
1: or the Rashada kid.
0: Apparently Drew Pine sucks. Uh, <laughs> okay. and, and can't. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, but I got, I got to read the following. There's flash like, spring, guy that couldn't was, start like, at no Notre Borke Dame who
1: has like zero quarter good quarterbacks. Like,
0: and then like, if we're going to say Drew Pine is the quarterback, I'd still be like, Tee-hee-hee. no, you want like, Rashada
1: in there. Rashada's is that guy that like his NIL deal fell through at Florida and ended up at ASU. Right. Like that's what they yeah, want.
0: Florida order overpaid for that. That was the thing. It's like, there's it was, it was a bunch of guys at Florida that were like, yeah, let's pay this guy a lot of money without the,
1: Oh, the and then Dave was yeah. like, no. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was kind of, kind
1: of a mess. Oh the whole man. Thing. Um,
0: well, like, okay, so, so, okay. Well, let me, so let me it's 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 it more. to you.
1: But, like, I, I guess what I am saying is, is like, if you go through the schedule this year, like, some of their tougher games, it's Utah, you're going to need to stop the run more than the pass, although Utah can get it out to the tight ends, you know, as needed. Oregon State, we mm-hmm. talked about this. Like, what do we expect them to do? Run the football. DJU might open that offense up a bit. We do expect that. But still, like, you know, the key to beating the Beeves is stopping the run. I mean, it's really, it's really, it's Arizona and USC that is going to, that is going to crack them open, right? Like in the same way that like, I mean, like, you know, they did beat Washington last year, which also had a horrendous defense, (laughs) Um, but like, you're not facing, you know, like rolling Oregon and Washington off is crucial for this defense because like. I don't think these guys are good on the back end. That's my that's my nope. concern is like they're not they're not good on the back end. Um, but you've got like Stanford and Colorado <laughs> and Cal, <laughs> you know, they've got San Diego State and Coastal who likes to run the football in the non-conference, right? So it's like, you know, like without Jamie Chadwick, right. Right. like yeah. now Grayson McCall, who will be he's He's like the. That's um, <laughs> like the Ronnie Turioff of college football. <laughs> he's been around forever. <laughs> I made that joke about Ronnie Turioff and he found, he like searched his name on Twitter and found it. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> don't make me explain the joke. you <laughs> so Ronnie's an
0: NBA player. Why? why are you yeah. Like it? you just
1: spent, you just spent a lot of time in Spokane, man. I get it. Uh, I, I don't get it. Actually. I've been to Spokane. Uh, <laughs> But, like, I guess I I just think, like, for what their weaknesses really are, right? Like, they they don't have to face two of the really, really good offenses that we think are going to be really good in the Pac-12. And that's a huge thing for them, right? Because, like, I think offensively... I'm not going to say UCLA can play with anybody, but they're not going to like they're at most, they're going to be a step behind USC on offense, right? Like, I don't think that they're going to be so, so far behind. Right. Um, And I think that makes this like a, like, as we talked about, like a really, really interesting team, not just like the pieces that we think are going to work, but I think the schedule, not only does it help that Oregon and Washington are rolling off, but that sets them up on the rest of it too. Like, for just not just not having to face really tough teams, but teams that would exploit UCLA's particular weakness.
0: Yeah. Yeah. One more thing to mention. Um, They have recruited okay at the safety spot. So they have a couple of true like redshirt freshmen that, that could break their way in, which would be good for them. So uh, yeah, let's talk USC because obviously they're the team everyone wants to talk about. Um, But, but like, I don't think they're going to win the conference. We'll just, I'm just whispering. Let's get to (laughs) USC right after this. All right, we're back. We're talking USC. Um, USC, USC is the is that like that like problematic member in your friend base or your family that just makes terrible decisions all the time and it affects everybody, right? It's like oh, I can't go, can't go out because this happened, or we can't go on vacation because this happened, um, and then and then they're like very wealthy president of like a major corporation hires him as their vice president with like out any credentials (laughs) like that's USC because USC has just made all the bad mistakes all of the time they get Lincoln Riley and then they bolt the conference so it was it was like literally 10 years of just mediocrity right (laughs) but but this but this offense is a it's it is a it's it is beautiful it is a beautiful offense and I'm so sad that like it's not in the Pac-12 for for more than a couple of years, because I mean, like we we, we kind of mentioned this with with UCLA, where hey, all right, like all right, I know the offensive line kind of sucks, and but it's going to be fine. I kind of think that's the case with Lincoln Riley's offenses, where he already has all the skill pieces, and the weakness is the offensive line whatever. Like I, this, this offense is going to hum and it's going to be awesome. But like, what was it last year?
1: I mean, so they were really good. They were number four overall in beta rank. Um, now they were, they were only at 1.58 and both Georgia and Tennessee got above two last year. So even though they were number four overall, there is a gap between them and the top two offenses. Um, number 13 overall in drive efficiency. This is something they could absolutely improve on. They need to get better at sustaining long drives to be able to put up points um, number four in explosive drives, really good here, not much of a fall off from the most explosive offense in college football. Number 15 in play efficiency, did a decent job in their yards for play outside of uh, explosives, four in negative drives, not a lot of three and outs, not a lot of turnovers. They are at 40 in effective rush, number four in effective pass, that's that's something I would, sort of, I would say I would sort of keep an eye on because I do think, I mean, Riley does like to run the football and he's got an innovative run scheme of his own. Um, and of course, like it feels like fricking cheating that like Cliff Kingsbury is their quarterback coach. <laughs> like, <laughs> um,
0: I forgot that. I, I like saw that again. I'm like, Oh my God. Right. Like, and, and good for them. Good for right. them. But,
1: like, but I mean, to your point, like the offensive line last year, um, wasn't good. I mean, it was real. I mean, like Caleb Williams literally ran for his life. <laughs> sometimes and, it, and at times it really felt like the Caleb Williams show Yeah, you know, I mean like he won the Heisman for a reason it was the Caleb Williams show um, but he had some really talented skill position players but the offensive line really struggled I would say I, I, I do we talked about like I think they made a good offensive line coach hire I just don't think they had the bodies last year I'm not I'm not sure they have the bodies yet this year either I think is the trouble Hmm. Um, yeah. I. But yeah. Okay, I mean, yeah. You're like, let's start at the top. Like, I mean, but like the, like, yeah, like I mean, quarterback. If Williams goes down, there's a problem. But if he's healthy, like, I mean, as we saw that with Utah, that Pac-12 championship game was over when he got injured, right? Like, if he could not outrun the pass rush, the game was over. Um, I I do think that's I do think that that speaks to the line. Yeah, yeah, it is. That's the line. Yeah, I, they couldn't keep him upright.
0: He he won them – the like. if you look at the final score of that ASU game, you'll be like, oh, well, they, they beat ASU pretty handily. They did not. Caleb Williams won that game for them. Yeah. If Miller Moss was the quarterback, they lose that game. There's a couple other games, too, where he came in and he was just a freaking wizard. It is a privilege to watch him play football. Yeah. And, like, there are multiple plays where my jaw is on the floor – but that is him. And that is not Lincoln Riley. That is, I mean, like that is, that is just something to keep in mind. Yeah. But he's the quarterback. <laughs> like that's the thing is like,
1: I mean, like Riley, that. Riley is a tremendous offensive innovator and a tremendous offensive okay. mind. But I do think that like, I mean, Riley also, I mean, he famously, Got pissed that his, you know, he had a falling out with his offensive line coach at Oklahoma because, like, that Oklahoma offensive line, Caleb Williams' first year, his freshman year at Oklahoma, wasn't very good. And Riley was pissed <laughs> about the development there. um And so they ended up hiring the AM coach out here. I just don't think, like, I don't think they have the bodies for it. That's the worry. But, like, I mean, they've got behind Miller Moss, like, if Caleb Williams were to get injured, maybe it's Miller Moss. It might be Malachi Nelson. Like, I mean, that guy, he and you know, he's been following right in the same way that Caleb Williams is like, where, where you go, I shall go also. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, he was committed to Oklahoma. Now he's committed and showed up to USC, Um you know, and he's a five-star guy, super talented. It might be and and also has, I think more athleticism than Miller Moss. You might need somebody that can get around that. I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily think that's true. I mean, it worked for Caleb Williams as a freshman, but mm-hmm.
0: No, totally, totally agree. Actually, like now that I'm thinking about that, I put Miller-Moss in just because he had the time. We're looking at the, the. I mean, for those that are uh, on audio, like we're looking at the, uh, the depth chart and that is probably likely the case. I think Miller-Moss is who he is and you see Malachi Nelson. But I do think this kind of like, you know, I guess I might be go, going back on what I had said when I opened with UCLA where you take a look at this. Uh, quarterback room and like obviously Williams goes down and it's a problem. Yeah, it's but like Miller Moss has has uh um he he has been in games he he has experience and Malachi Nelson is is like a massive star and has a year at his belt. So it's kind of like you know I just I, I think there is maybe more depth there than I gave them credit for. On the running side like Austin Jones returns. Yeah they do lose um uh, Tory die who is quite good for them um, they bring in Marshawn Lloyd, who um, Bud Elliott, who covers a lot of like the transfer portal and, and like recruiting and stuff, thinks he's really good. He's a good bruiser, yeah. so he's a good second uh, pick um, from there. Relique Brown returns, a high star, like you know, uh, true freshman who played last year. I mean, they're going to be yeah. they're going to be fine at the run game. Like I mean, that's just yeah. like, they're stacked. It's like there's not going to be a difference. I mean, there'll be a difference, but like it's just you look and, and I'm just looking on. And it's four star, four star, five star, five star. Good transfer, like it's it's and it's endless. Yeah.
1: Um, and they're loaded at wide receiver, like load. I mean, like I'm not sure yeah. they're going to have enough reps. Like it's one thing that's been like they've been talking about. Everyone in the around the USC camp is like, what are we going to do with all these guys?
0: <laughs> so I'm going to push back a little bit. Here's here's the negative part about this. And you're I, you're right. I'm just going to play a little bit of devil's advocate because I think. I think that yes they have recruited extremely well. Dorian Singer comes in for Arizona. Torched you at USC. It was a bad defense, but he was a really good he was I mean Dorian
1: Singer is really good. I yeah, was like, yeah. I mean, I, like I mean like I like I think everyone realized last year how good Dorian Singer was.
0: Yeah. Totally agree. Zach Branch, five star, like people are talking about how he is one of the fastest wide receiver. Like uh again At all of the opening and all this stuff, like he, like everybody went, holy smokes, this guy's awesome. Okay. I'm going to grant you those two. Brendan Rice totally disappeared in games. Um, Taj Washington, a three-star transfer from uh, Memphis. All right. Mario Williams, I don't think, I mean, like he could, he could be really good because he was buried behind the depth chart, but like he didn't emerge last year. Michael Jackson jr. And we are
1: also talking about like they had Jordan Addison last season too. Right. <laughs> I mean, like that
0: is tr- that's like, true. That's true. But like Mario Williams is one of those players where I think everybody went like, Oh snap, like mm-hmm. teammate from Oklahoma comes over. He's going to fill in that slot right away. He's going to be a factor. He was fine. Yeah. Um, and they've recruited really well. Like, I mean, they have four stars and five stars right. all across the board. But it's, it's more like, I look at what this wide receiving core is compared to some of the other cores in the pac 12. I think this is like top three, which is fine because Williams is awesome. But I just, I
1: mean, we're also like Washington's got a really good wide receiver room too. Right. I mean, like I I, I would put Washington number one. I still think us, like, I think what the, like what USC, what we have is we have a bunch of people that, I mean, we have a couple of people that we think are like with say singer that we're really sure about Mario Williams could maybe end up back on the map again this season. Um, but they've got a bunch of guys that if it's not working, somebody else that is was a highly recruited wider is going to get on the field very quickly.
0: Yeah. They got this guy, Deuce Robinson, five star freshman tight end who might play the Y. He could play tight end. Like they they have they do have talent. It's more just that the proven talent here is It's not yes, quite yes. yeah, what you've seen elsewhere, but like the actual talent is there. So I'm, I'm sorry. I like I'm nitpicking, right? Like this. And it's, I think sometimes we focus Rob more on the negative parts of these teams. like this offense is going to be like top 10, no questions asked, but I mean, Dorian I singer
1: him. Like, I mean, seriously, like Dorian. if you did not watch a lot of Arizona last season, Dorian singer was really, really good. You know, like, I mean, yeah. and having him with Caleb Williams instead of Delora throwing to him, would not not make me happy as a Pac-12 defensive coordinator, right? Like um, he, I, I think he can, I, he has, he's a great route runner. He's got wheels, you know, he's dangerous once he's got the ball in his hands too. Like I just singer, I singer, I think is going to be electric in this offense. Um, but it, like, I I do think that you're right. Like after singer, like the actual production gets a little thin, um, but it does feel like I'm, I'm pretty confident that these guys are going to, Largely figure it out.
0: Yeah. Keep a lookout for Zach branch. Like I'm a- after, uh, you know, I've, I've done a little bit of reading on him. Like I'm really excited to see what he's in this offense Cause like he's that open space. Holy smokes. Nobody can catch him and he's gone. Yeah. That, those are so fun. Like, <laughs> And he's like five, nine, yeah. you know, like just, I, I love those players. Just I so mean, you used
1: to do not like you want to, if, if, if Riley's and Riley's offense last season didn't have a tight end that was like a major weapon or anything like that. Right. But like Riley doesn't like, like Riley does run the air raid ish. What, you know, modern air raid is. Um, But like what he's got when it's working well, he's got a tight end in there and he's, you know, cause he can go out and recruit unlike Mike Leach, where he's like, I can't recruit a tight end that can play like. Riley can so have a tight end in there. If he's got somebody in there that can play this year and you've got branch in there, but like those Oklahoma slot receivers were sometimes the most dangerous guys in that offense for as often as they got the ball. Um, and that's where I think like, if you put somebody in there like that, plus with singers route running abilities, like I think you're cooking. I mean, like my biggest question for them is, is not a receiver. Like, I think they're going to be great. Like they're, they're whoever it is. Like you got Caleb Williams throwing you the football. You'll be fine, man. Like it's, it's, at, <laughs> it's true. it. It's well, at the it, offensive line. It, and can they run the ball? I think I like, I, and people are going to say like Riley does run the area, but he likes to run the, he, his offense reminds me of the old Joe Tiller offense, which was, you know, put three wide receivers on the field, spread them out to throw the football, but you combine that with a power run game. And that's what Riley would love to be doing.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you take a look at this line and I'm going to treat it with the same kids gloves that I did with, uh, with UCLA, because I think it's going to be like on paper, it's kind of a mess, right? Because they lose, um, a couple starters, a couple of them went to the NFL and they're doing the same thing. UCLA did. They're going to plug these holes with transfers Left tackle, you're going to have a transfer from Florida. Left guard, you're going to have a transfer from Wyoming. Who, like, you know, the the recruiting services, say, are a five-star transfer, which I tend to treat with more of a um, – I tend to treat that a little bit more um, – Legit, like with legitimacy, with the transfers. But anytime it's a Power Five, like that, or a group of five, I do, um, I get a little hesitant. And you can just take a look at the the, the transfer from Hawaii that came to UCLA at linebacker yeah. last year. All you know, all uh, Mountain West, and he was kind of a mess. Uh, they bring in Jared Kingston from uh, Washington State, who was fine. Right. Um, he was a tackle. They're going to move him to guard. They bring back Justin Dedeich and Jonah Moynihan. I I mean, I, I I'm just gonna have to give Riley the benefit of the doubt that this is gonna be fine. Um, again, it's not gonna be great, like you said, but it's gonna be good enough for them to be able to just be, have an awesome awesome defense or aw- awesome. Offense. I mean,
1: I feel like, I, honestly like you know what this line feels like. It feels like Arizona's from last year, now much more talented than and not as quite as, but it, like what I mean though is like the depth just isn't there yet, still, right? And they're still. Desperately plugging holes, right? Like, I mean, I think like when we get to Arizona, like we'll be like, oh, like this is the first year, like there's some young guys, but like this is the first time like where there's dudes and then there's like another guy that they actually recruited behind them. (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah, that is a year away, at least I think for USC, Um, you know, and like, look, like I, I mean, like a lot of programs can't go out like UCLA can or USC can and like actually get offensive linemen in the transfer portal. That's actually hard to do. USC can go out and get some decent guys, but like it's not great. Um, Wyoming's offense was horrifying last year and around uh pregnant, like the most everybody was like really young and really bad. Um, he was supposedly the one positive on that line.
0: It's like, hey, y'all, right? <laughs> like,
1: and you do, I mean, look, like moving. I mean, you know, uh, Kingston may not have been athletic enough to be at tackle and, you know, that will get you moved into guard and that might be a good fit. You know, like you might end up with a guy that was actually like a little more athletic than you might have gotten out of guard there. Um, but it is, I mean, like, you know, the Florida transfer in there starting at left tackle potentially that that I mean. That worries me. I do I do like, again, like I like the offensive line coach hire that they made getting him from AM. I think that's going to pay dividends down the road. I just think this year might still be a little bit of a patchwork. I think they could be better than they were last year. That's a really low bar, though. Um, but they, they need, I mean, truly, like to get the cap off of this offense to potentially push for it. Like, because, like, USC, if they want to be serious, like their schedule's not like UCLA. They get. Oregon and Washington this season, right? Um, in the regular season. There's no miss for them. Like they're gonna play everybody that's a Pac-12 contender, except for Oregon State rolls off their schedule. This offensive line's gotta be this this offensive line has to be really good for them to be able to get through this schedule without taking some L's.
0: Well, I here here would be the pushback on that they had a bad aff- offensive line last year and they still were able to put up like 40, like they, this was a, this was a 40 plus point offense per game, regardless of the line, because Williams was so good. Yeah. Um, That that's probably the case this year too.
1: Right. I think it's, I, I just, what I think though is, is like, they're going to run into like last season, you didn't have Washington on the schedule. And so like, yeah, like you can go out and put up a bunch of big numbers in a game, but the other offense can't keep up with you. Right. Like, and I yeah. think like for that, like there's still like I talked about like there's headroom. Like 1.58 isn't even anywhere near Riley's best offense he's had as a head coach and an offensive coordinator, right? Like he's got to get up back up near that two range, I think, for them. Because I still think the defense is like not like it's like you see, it's like we talked talked about with UCLA is like best case scenario is like very average power five defense, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, and and I think the thing with them was. Um, like UCLA almost beat them they didn't play like, to your point they didn't play Oregon they didn't play Washington I was praying like I let six can't I actually didn't do this but like <laughs> like this would be sacrilegious but in my mind I'm like lighting candles hoping that USC would make the college football playoff so I could bet the hell against them because they had no defense and like could like this this offense was fine but play a real defense and then oh get man back to if, me. They if they would if they would have drawn is,
1: like, Georgia that's what they would have gotten in they would have gotten in and got Georgia.
0: Oh, they got smoked! Like Just this would have
1: been obliterated,
0: Oregon level preseason right level of destruction.
1: Just, right? So. Oh, that would have been, that, and it wouldn't even like. I mean, Georgia had a good, a very good defense last year. Georgia's offense was excellent last season, like. Yeah. yeah, they they would have they would have put up like it would have been like that TCU game. They would have put up seventy. <laughs> oh my gosh, it would have been awesome. I mean, like just fun to watch because
0: like the, there is a little bit of swagger here with with EC, USC and the Pac twelve like moving to the Big Ten. Yeah, like, all right, like here's where here's where you're going. Um, all right. Speaking of bad defenses, let, let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about USC's defense here. Um, this was a mess. This was a mess. Yeah. Uh, what, what did we have last year?
1: They were ninety overall. Um, they were 93 and drive efficiency. Uh, you, you could, put together long drives on them. They were 98 in explosive drives. You could put up big plays on them. 113 in play efficiency. They gave up I really they gave up way too much in regards for play outside of explosives. The one thing they did well, um, and if you recall the early season USC turnover machine, they did oh, 75 right. in negative drives. They did generate some turnovers. They did generate some three and outs. Uh, 95 in effective rush, 87 in effective pass. I mean, that's horrible. I mean, and we should also submit here too because we talked about it a little bit with UCLA their special teams weren't very good last season 65 overall that also has to get better but the defense is the main thing I mean they were they were horrible last season
0: the thing here was and it's the frustrating part because like we kind of we bashed the UCLA defense there's no excuse here. Like UCLA, the excuse is Chip Kelly's too lazy to recruit, right? These are all 3-star guys <laughs> right. and like transfers from Group of 5 teams. Like th- like literally this is all 5 and 4-star players and like th- like there has been a couple of areas where Clay Helton wasn't able to build up a defense, but like for the most part right. these guys are supposed to be good and they were not. And look, I loved those Washington State Defenses as much as you did, Rob, with like Buchanan and and, uh, 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 who's the guy in the middle that was like Hercules, yeah, Hercules, that guy was freaking baller. But, but I mean, maybe, I mean, how many years are we removed from that where Al has done anything productive? I mean, like, the only
1: year that his, and um, I always tell people, like, the only thing on the only numbers that I Take without a grain of salt from 2020 are the Alabama offensive numbers. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> everything, everything else is like meh finger in the wind. Like Oklahoma had a good defense in 2020, but it was 2020. I don't know how much that holds up. So you get over to last, you know, the last year at Oklahoma, they weren't good. You know, the first year at USC, they weren't good. Um, and I just I'm not sold on. I mean, this is this has to be it for Grinch. Like, they have to they have to turn it around. But, I mean, and you put together this death chart. I'm going back through it again, and it's like, oh my god! Like, I mean, they like they're like a a year. <sighs> Look, I mean, it's 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 in some ways it's so, in some ways it's so funny because like I'm about to do it again because it is it's like it's like there's like. Like, I don't, I don't understand why Lincoln Riley and Jed fish have like the same game plan. (laughs) Like, it's just, you're like, it's like, Oh, it's year two. We still need all the transfers. We did it again last year and it didn't quite work. And a bunch of them didn't work. And what are we going to do? We're going to get all the transfers again. Like you go through the front seven Mm -hmm. and you're just like, Oh wow. Oh yeah. None, none, none of these guys, none of these guys are started at USC and none of them were great. At their last stop. The front six. Yeah.
0: The front six. All six transfers and two backups are transfers. So like six, so like eight of your 12 guys yeah. are all transfers from different programs. Now, that doesn't mean they're not good or, or they can't be good, but it, it's just – it is wild because you take a look and, again – was Clay Heldon the best recruiter at USC? No. Was Clay Heldon the dumbest hire that USC has made in a long time? Yes. Was Clay Heldon's extension the st- single stupidest extension of any coach besides maybe Wayne Tinkle in the conference in the last 30
1: years uh, that I've been alive? Yeah. After after Tinkle's after after Tinkle's kid was gone, giving him an extension?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, come on. Did they have one more coming through the pipeline. Let's you know let's get that nepotism going. Um I mean, it, it's it's wild. And like, but but you take a look at the front seven, like right at, at tackle, you have Keon Bars, who was decent at Arizona. You got Jack Sullivan who's decent at Purdue. And then you have Barry Alexander who's supposed like, here's, here's where things get really worse. This is why I don't think USC is winning the conference. They have a more difficult schedule. And then you have this, this crap where it's like they bring in Barry Alexander from Georgia. He's supposed to be the C like the, the big guy for this defense where he's going to fill the middle. He's a, he's a borderline five-star guy. And then I'm reading articles about him really feeling out the culture still and getting settled in. Like you're a five-star defensive tackle your job is to be awesome immediately and you are not. And Keon bars is probably starting in front of you. And that's a problem.
1: I mean, look like when USC went and did their little shopping spree at Arizona, like the names that made sense to me, I was like, Oh yeah. Dorian singer. All right. Like, you know, I get it. you move on, get paid young man. Like you, he ended up like he had a scholarship that fell out when like the Texas staff got turned over and like, he ended up at Arizona as a walk on. Like, it was like, yeah, I get it, man go get it, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, Christian Roland Wallace. I also get, cause that guy's actually pretty talented and he had a USC offer out of high school. And I, you know, like, uh, I think it could, that also fell through for him and he ended up at Arizona. Um, I, I, I get those ones. Bars was the one where I was like, I mean, okay. Like there, there are moments. There are moments where I'm like, yeah, he's okay. (laughs) There's there's a lot of moments like everyone else on Arizona's front seven where I'm like, oh, that's bad, right? Like, um, and the fact that Arizona, like, they grabbed that he went along to USC. I thought was uh, like it's like we talk about this like it's easier to go shopping at the skill position in the transfer portal. It's hard. And the fact that like, I guess what's what's worrisome here is here. You are in year two and you've got an entire transfer defensive line starting when it's very hard for anyone to go out and get players in the transfer portal at defensive line. That is a tell.
0: you have Corey Foreman,
1: yeah, who is a five-star number one recruit. Who
0: like, look, I listen to Alicia Daretola, who I trust like intrinsically on on anything, and when it comes to, to spring camp, and they were talking about him like as if he didn't exist. That's bonkers. Um, I totally forgot Romello Height was a transfer from Auburn that didn't play. Their starting defensive end is a transfer from Texas a and M A&M, that did not play. I think you're going to be able to run on this team. Right, like and and okay, Shane Lee, transfer from Alabama, not that good. Like he he was not that good last year. They get in Mason Cobb from Oklahoma State, who was like a legit good linebacker. I think he's gonna be the one I think you're gonna be able to run the ball on this team again, and that is not a secret for the last couple of years, Rob. Like, I mean, we've we've covered this at nauseum. Anytime USC plays a team that can run the ball, I bet on the team that can run the ball because guess what? They'll be able to run the ball. Right.
1: No, I mean, I don't, like, I mean, look, I mean, I think they, and I don't, it's not just that. I don't think that they're going to generate a ton of pass rush without blitzing, right? Like, I think you go down through these guys, like, and I think that, like, quarterbacks are going to have time against them. Um, I mean, it's just, like, it's, I guess what's sort of crazy here is that you look at, and they have guys I mean you go look through the depth chart and there's there's all the dudes that transferred in last year that didn't work out and are now just Definitely. like filling roster spots on the team right like Solomon Bird from Wyoming, you know um in there like and then you've got you got a handful of guys that they actually recruited who they don't seem to have made any real progress with um in there, and the fact that they are really just back in here. It's just, I mean, really, to be to be at a spot, <laughs> to be at like, I get it. I, like, you could talk to me, you could talk me in to be like, oh yeah, like Christian Roland Wallace is going to be their nickel. I'd be like, oh, I, I get it. I think he was actually a pretty talented guy for Arizona on what was largely a really bad unit. But if you told me like Kion Bars is coming in and starting at defensive tackle, yeah, I'm going to tell you There's that you're yet. probably going to be able to get some yards up the middle. Yeah. Right? Like he's got some I, moments, but I don't think I don't think he is a I, I don't think he is a um on a good on a good defense, like a good mid-level power 5 defense, like he he's not a standout at all, right? Like I think he's like I just that's a problem.
0: <laughs> now now to be to be fair for the future, right? Cuz we're putting I mean a lot of this goes on like uh, on a Oh my gosh! The coach
1: the Clay guy.
0: Helton. <laughs> thank you. Uh, a lot of this goes on Clay Helton's recruiting. Yeah, and I think I think it, on the second level it goes on to Alex Grinch. If you take a look at the recruiting that USC has done in the future, I mean they're good. They're bringing in good players. Right. These are five star, four star, like very highly rated guys. I think I think you might see at the linebacker position some guys like Tackett Curtis, um, Rayon Davis, like very highly recruited guys come in and play that are sophomores and freshmen just because the guys in front of them aren't that good. I mean, like Eric Gentry <laughs> is like six, seven, 240 pounds. And like, he's playing inside linebacker and you're just going like, he's just a, the fact that he was one of their best linebackers speaks volumes of what this defense was. Yeah. Cause he was just a weird, like probably a nice guy. Just so, like, look, we, we all have different bodies and different shapes, but like, it's like, he should be a linebacker. That's what he should be. And like, you know, he started on defense and though he's playing defense. Um, the, the thing though, that gives me a little bit of, of, um, less heartburn is when we go into the second, yeah. because they have recruited well on that front. Um, like you mentioned, Christian Roland Wallace, Damani Jackson was a five star, yeah. like true sophomore. Who's likely going to start Sierra. Wright is like, they brought in Jacoby Kevington. I actually think that there's like, I don't know if Max Williams is good. He wasn't good when he was playing safety, but I think that there's, Unlike UCLA, where we take a look and we go, okay, I can see the starting four, right. and I don't like it, but I can't see the next guy. Here, I think you have right. some some room to work with when it comes to the secondary, which is kind of what you're going to need in the Pac 12 for the most part. Well, time. I think with uh, their schedule,
1: right? Like, I think you'd rather have, you know, like, given who they're going to have to go out and play, you know, like, and their schedule is wildly backloaded, right? Like, their schedule, like, you're like they start out they don't play a team that is rated below 85 until they get arizona on october 7th right like they start out with san jose state nevada stanford arizona state and colorado like that they've got an on-ramp to figure things out a little bit this season but we're not gonna know a darn thing other than like here like You'll know, like, we'll know, like, if it's like last year where all of a sudden, like, man, like, you know, Stanford had a decent game against USC, right? Like they had some, they turned the ball over a bunch, a bunch of stupid times in that game. Oh, that's right. But they yeah, moved the like, ball oh, around. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like, yeah. And that told you like, oh, this defense, like, and, like all the USC fans were, like, oh, they're generating turnovers. I was like, no, 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 this is bad. Right. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. And this is like, we'll find out like if they're, if they're really bad, we'll find things out, but we may not know how good they are until that Arizona game. Um, Cause Arizona, like we talked about, is going to come in and throw the ball around. Um, and I yeah. think Arizona's offensive line is going to be better than they were last year. I'm not going to say a lot better, but I think they're going to be better. Um, and I think that Arizona's offense is going to, going to put pressure on USC and we'll get to see where they're at. I think the biggest thing to keep an eye on for this USC team as we head into the back half of the schedule, because I think you're right, I don't think that they're going to be great at stopping the run, Is but how much pass rush can they generate? Because they're yeah. that's what they're like, with the exception of like when they get to go against, now that they get to go play Notre Dame at Notre Dame, then they get Utah at home. That's the one where it's like Utah, Utah might just be running the ball down their throats in that game. Um,
0: yeah, but after, and they're smart enough to yeah. do it, right. They're not going to, they're not going to mess around with That's true. Outside, outside, outside of lighting up their safety right. again. Holy smokes. <laughs> <laughs> that that tight Donald Good is like, it's still running still right yes. now. <laughs> like he just continues to go through <laughs> the,
1: holy he's like Forrest Gump. The right same. Now the it's point. like the same dumb bend route. And you're like, do you guys not see this coming? Like just, just every single time. Um uh, and
0: that, and that's the, that's the thing with Alex Grinch is like, I think the secondary it should be better because the talent is here. right and I'm worried about the safety because they brought in that Ohio State safety who who frankly wasn't good right. and like I think you mentioned him not being good and Day mentioned him not being good um, and he wasn't good but I mean they've recruited well at that position and if they can't figure out the secondary like Grinch is
1: gone and he needs to be right. gone because that's where the strength. No, is. no, I mean, if we're talking about like Christian Roland Wallace potentially being a backup, like the guy, the guy legitimately is, I think a, a good power five player, I think could potentially like talk himself into being a very late round draft pick. Like if you're talking yeah. about like, Him's like, they're okay. Like, I mean, if he's your nickel or he's potentially coming in, you know, in dime, like you're doing fine. The trouble I think is, is like, and truly is like, it's it's generating a pass rush. But like I, I said, that is like, oh yeah, like they are going to get Oregon. They are going to get Washington. They are going to have to solve stopping the pass. And with Oregon, you're going to have to stop the run of it too. But they get UCLA to finish the year too. And UCLA is going to run the ball right at them. Um, <clears throat> oh yeah. It's the, it's the truly, truly I say to you, right, like <laughs> like
0: you need to stop the run.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean like they, but they don't have, I mean, that's what the tough, that like, I, that's where I think that like what I was talking about, like this offense can't leave money on the table. Like they have to be really good because the schedule ramps up and I think the defense can be better. And I say that just because like I think they were so freaking bad last year. Like even this weird island of misfit toys in the front six, <laughs> which is they're even they're like they're like I actually I actually like UCLA's front six more. That's saying something. If only because like I have a little more faith in what UCLA's got at linebacker. Like Cobb is fine. Um You know, and he was really well coached by Knowles, right? And he fit in that Knowles defense. And I thought, you know, but like, I, beyond that, like some of these pieces start getting really iffy. Um, I mean, Shane, like, like you said, like Shane Lee, Eric Gentry, like none of these guys, none of these guys were any darn good. It's if they can make a Alabama
0: transfers, Rob, I like, I mean, Alabama and Oklahoma, uh, uh, Ohio state transfers just have not panned no. out. No,
1: no. I mean like, well, I mean, it's, yeah, I don't know.
0: We did say that about UCLA that we penciled in a, an Alabama transfer. We're like, yeah, he'll be fine. So, <laughs> I get it. I get it. UC.
1: He might be, I don't know. They were really pumped. They were really pumped about getting him when they got him out of the portal. Um, I do think, like I, I mean, what is tough, I think, too, is is you see this. I mean, we'll talk. Like, is you see guys that like, yeah, they they may have gone into George as a four star, right? Like Bear Alexander, four star guy, barely guy, yeah, guy barely yeah. played, right? And I'm not saying like, look, there's some dudes on that George defense, right? Like, I'm not saying it's like, oh, you just show up and make it on the field. That's the way it works, right? Like that is not the way it works, but yeah. it is i i think people always kind of operate under the assumption of like oh man we got this player he's going to be really good cuz he was like this you know highly rated and i'm like sometimes there's a reason they didn't see the field and they're transfer, yeah. and they're transfer, they're transferring not just like not just cuz like oh i'd like to make the field like the, the the door may be closed at their current school on them getting in the field they may not have been able to beat out the guys in their class and they may have gotten beat out by guys Behind them right and so like they've been falling down the depth chart you know and that's where i think that well i mean like it can get it can get a little (laughs) scary this is a little this is a little scary if i'm usc because like i think there's reason there is reason for optimism they just shouldn't be this bad they shouldn't be in the 90s they should be like at the very worst they should be in the 30s or 40s uh but it's it's hard to look at this front six and have a ton of confidence that they're going to stop the run. I mean, like, look, I mean, and I mean, I guess if you're, we talked about it a little bit as like on the schedule, right. Is like the one game to keep an eye on early to get an eye on the run defense is actually Stanford. Troy Taylor ran the ball really well at Sacramento state. And he's, and, Oh, that's a good and he, call. And he's yeah. got, he's got some decent talent at running back. And I think the offensive line coaching is going to get, I don't know the talent's still there but I think the offensive line coaching is going to be better and the offensive scheme will be better at Stanford. That's the game to keep an eye on to see if you can run on USC early. Now we may find out that Stanford just is a black hole and it's just not going to work this season, but that's what I would sort of keep an eye on for like the early season game to maybe try to get a read on where USC is going to sit. But like, man, just for them, like, there's like there, I mean, it'll be fun. They'll be on, they'll have good time slots down the back half of the season. Cause all, all, all the <laughs> yeah, games will be right. fun and interesting and good. Like you'll be able to see everybody wants to see those helmets. USC is going to be on at three 30 on Saturday, a lot at the, towards the end of the season. Cause they're going to be, you know, you've got, you know, you've got Arizona, Notre Dame or not Arizona, maybe not that one, but Notre Dame, Utah, then you get Cal, so you got a break there. That'll be on late on the Pac-12 network. Although USC played them in the stupidest game last year, Washington, oh, Oregon, yeah. and then UCLA. Like, yeah. that's that's tough. <laughs> even if even if Caleb Williams is great, that's tough.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, and like I always treat USC with with like a little bit of. Um, I always feel like I'm a little bit more judge judgy about them just because what they can be. I mean, like, and we've talked about this forever. And, and, and I think that the, their lack of being able to carry the conference is a big reason why the conference fell apart. And then them bouncing from the conference once they finally got their house in order is just like, of course, that's what, of course, <laughs> right, like, all right, fine. Yeah, like, you guys
1: <laughs> didn't support us the way we knew. like Sorry, we couldn't carry you while you were out there hiring Lynn Swan and like Lane yeah, Kiffin. So yeah. Like,
0: I'm sorry, I can't hear
1: you. I'm reading through the contract <laughs> that Swan signed to extend
0: Clay. Right. Like, you know, there's just so many freaking stupid decisions. So, but like, this is what I mean. Not the defense. I think the defense needs some time. I think it will get there. Yeah. I think I, I just try you. It's gonna get there. And I don't know if Grinch is going to be the defensive coordinator. It's probably going to be somebody else. But the it's offense is Pruitt.
1: truly.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're freaking right. I, I <laughs> it's going to it's, it's flag, gonna be. Man. It's
1: going to be. Jer- it's going to be Pruitt or other somebody else that's like, taking a year off. They're just like, Oh, where's that guy going to come back and coach again?
0: <laughs> oh, uh, uh, Derek Mason, mm-hmm. right? Like Derek Mason, Mason taking a year off, although he was, he wasn't, he
1: wasn't great at uh, Oklahoma state, but he's good at Auburn.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I just think that the offense will be fun and it will be really just like USC is going to play college football the way that you want college football to be played on the offensive side. And like drink it and take it in and just appreciate it for what it is, because there's not a lot of teams in the conference that are as buttoned up as Lincoln Riley will be um, and this offense will be. And that's exciting. And yeah, the offensive line isn't there, but it's it's a testament to our faith in Riley We probably should have said this at the beginning rather than at the end, but it's like our faith in Lincoln Riley to be able to still put together a great offense regardless. And it's just, can you stop anybody? And I just think with the schedule and with the coordinator and with the talent, the answer is no this year. And I just don't think they're going to win the conference, no. but, um, but they could, I oh, mean, they're going to you know, be a crazy know. story
1: though. Cause they're probably going to run out to seven and zero heading into that game against Utah. Yeah. Right? Like I don't, th- I, I have real questions about Notre Dame this season. Oh, yeah. so like they're going to be- unless USC goes out and and truly and the only game that should even be remotely close is is Arizona like they should be like they should still beat Arizona by 10 or 14. Yeah, the only thing that's going to trip them up is if they turn the ball over two or three times against Arizona or Notre Dame, they're probably undefeated going into that Utah and like they're going to be a really interesting storyline, you know, like. Um, And they're going to be in some shootouts, you know, but like I like they'll like I guess we talked like they'll have plenty of space to figure it out. But like last year, they kind of did, too, because the schedule was a bit easier last season. They didn't have Oregon and Washington and they kind of didn't figure it out either. So Um, anything else to mention, Rob? No, no, we're good. I'm uh, trying to get a Penn State preview out tomorrow. Uh, I just did preview the Trojans from the advanced stats perspective. Uh, That video is up on the YouTube channel. Um, and man, we're close. We're like really close to actual football.
0: <laughs> like week one is like an USC plays week zero. Yeah. I think they're a week zero game right on. Okay. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. We're going to catch.